On today's episode of The Pickup, we start off with diving into the PGA US Open happening this weekend. We talk about some of our favorites, uh, some betting matchups. Before we head over and we do another basketball playoff recap, we talk about the last few games that happened. And then we are doing something new leading up to the NFL season where once a week we are going to dive into one division and we are going to guess their record going game by game by game. Then after that, we talked about the MLB, their new foreign substance policy they put into place and wrapped it up with college baseball. Let's get right into it. All right, welcome back to The Pickup, episode number 24. Uh, we are recording this on Tuesday, June 15th, right around 11 a.m., a couple days before the U.S. Open little bit quite a few hours until we have some basketball games tonight we got some more baseball a lot of sports going on dude great time of the year how we doing drew oh we're good i'm glad that we get to talk a little bit of pga again it's been a little while since the dive in of pga has been able to occur yeah. you know i think that it's it's a fun good kind of good talk i'm excited for it yeah definitely. We, got a, we got a good little little episode today quick one <laughs> So I believe you have a question for me. So I do actually have a question for you. If you right now, because you asked me last week about the marketing kind of side of a team, yeah. so I'm going to appeal to your side. If you right now could step in and be the head of the radio for any team in the NFL, aside from the Steelers, <laughs> who would it be? Who would it be? I was going to say the voice of the Pittsburgh Steelers actually just retired after this season. So that's a perfect opening. I could have slid like <laughs> right into right there. Um, ooh, let me think about that. So I want to go somewhere cool, obviously, where obviously to like live. So that if I mark it down to like five teams off the bat or at least cities, that's like Denver, LA, Tampa, maybe Nah, not New York, and probably like maybe Dallas. And I'm gonna take out Dallas, dude. I don't know because I'm thinking of a team that's gonna have a lot of like success in the future too. Maybe like the Los Angeles Chargers or something with that, with uh, Justin Herbert and that team that they're putting around there. And I love Denver too. Denver's awesome. You got the perfect mix of like city and mountains and everything like yeah. that. But you got, a, could, you got a lot of excitement right now around the Jaguars too in Florida. <laughs> Not going to Jacksonville. Tampa. But the thing with uh, the Chargers is those, they don't really have a big fan base in LA. So I don't think I can go with the Chargers there. So um, <laughs> this is hard. Jeez. That's what I, she said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do it. You're going to make fun of me. We'll go with the Los Angeles Rams. We'll go with them. Be the radio. Not, I'm going to be honest. It's not too surprising. <laughs> I'm surprised it took you that long to get there. But <laughs> I took the scenic I mean, route to get there, but I still yeah, got there. <laughs> yeah. We mentioned 18 teams and finally landed on the one that we knew it was going to go. But, hey, I get that. That's not a bad – I mean, all jokes aside, not bad. I mean, very good kind of up, up and coming excitement around them. Yeah, and they always be. want to be competitive, too. You see how McVay oh, works yeah. those deals around. So you just don't want to be the announcer for a team that's going to stink because that is never fun. Yeah. Yeah, so, I, I understand that. Yeah. So I'm going to move over to my hot tub. And 
I'm just going to go with fans. Fans are back, um, especially the fans in Chicago over there in Wrigleyville. Dude, I don't know if you've seen the uh, snake cups that they've been coming up with lately, dude. Uh, there was one where they did the math. Oh, so yeah, if I it's did. like $10 of beer at Wrigley, the snake cup was like 150 or more than that. I don't know, but it was worth like thousands of dollars, essentially, like the cup snake that they made. And that's awesome. It's great seeing fans back, especially with playoff hockey here, with playoff basketball. You can see in the MLB, everybody's drunk, having fun again. Um, all the bars in the surrounding areas are now packed again. And it's just awesome to see fans back and the whole dynamic that they add to the game. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. And that's what I was saying the other day. I don't remember if I brought it up on here. I don't know if it happened before or after our episode on Saturday. But um, Evan Nobly – or. Uh, Doody, doobly nobly field is the Mississippi State field. Yeah, yeah, you did. And up, they yeah. set a record attendance for a super regional at 14,385 people. So that's crazy because it's right off of COVID. Mm-hmm. And of course, the guidelines said, let's do 50%. And Mississippi State said, nah, we're not going to mess with no 50%. <laughs> and they break a record. I thought that was really, really cool to see, like you said, with fans coming back. So, I mean, that's that's a great thing for college baseball is that right there. But I'll stay in college baseball um, and talk about – let me make sure I don't goof the name. I got two here. Um Nico Cavadas, he hit a home run last night that went out of uh, Dubly Field. Mm-hmm. Literally cleared the cleared the entire stadium. It didn't make a difference in the game, but it was still cool to watch the ball go over the feet over the fence and just out of the stadium. And he actually this season won over ten awards in the ACC, which is Mm -hmm. pretty insane. And then I want to bring up Kevin Copes or Cops from Arkansas. Arkansas. Yeah. (laughs) He went 12-1 and this year, a .9 ERA. He had seven starts in his career, one this year, 11 saves, 89 innings pitched, nine runs, Nine earned, five given up, five home runs given up, 131 strikeouts as a closer. That's insane. Yeah, I, I mean you don't you don't find that really like at all. No, because we see in the pros what happens when they try and pitch closers more than one inning, or if it's not a safe situation, and ten out of ten times it's not working out well at all. Oh yeah, they bring Kevin Cops out of the out of the pen at six inning six, and he goes the rest of the way. I mean he's yeah. ridiculous. He's to me. That's that's definitely a, a something to look out for in this in this draft coming up. The stock that he may have mm-hmm. may skyrocket. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely a good game to watch, though, and surprising. And shout out to NC State that they did upset Arkansas. Uh, moving on to the next round. So going to my cold tub. I have a couple. One real quick. My AirPods now, two episodes in a row, not working. So I'm rocking my Delta Airline earbuds right now. I uh, can't tell you the last time I've used plug-in earbuds besides on an airplane. And then I'm also going to go Le'Veon Bell for what he said about never playing for Andy Reid again and pretty much blamed him sucking on Andy Reid, even though he's never been the same guy since he was a money chaser when he left Pittsburgh, which was the perfect situation for him. 
Uh, he was arguably a top, the best, easily top three running back, arguably best running back in the NFL for about a three, four year stretch there. And then he got money hungry, went to an absolutely terrible team in the Jets. And then he's just kind of been bouncing around since then now in Kansas City and now a free agent again. And honestly, we'll get lucky if he gets picked up because he was signed by Kansas City on a veterans minimum contract. Andy Reid's one of the best like offensive playmake designs coaches we've ever seen in this league. So it's your fault, buddy. You're washed. Um, And then my other one is Ozzy Alves is the uh, lead bow getter for second base in the all-star game, which I don't agree with at all. Um, Not even for Adam Frazier, but I just feel like there's other guys there too. I mean, Albie's stats are just nowhere close to where some of these other uh, second basemen are at. And it's just frustrating because he's just a name and hold on. I'm pulling them up right now real quick. Cause I I think it's crap. Yeah. He's hitting 256 with nine home runs and Where'd he go? Oh, he disappeared because the, his stats are so down low on the list. He disappeared on me for a second there. <laughs> um, so he's hitting 256, nine home runs, 39 RBIs, and 822 OPS. When you have guys like Ryan McMahon, who he's only he's hitting 252, which is a little bit lower, but he's got 15 home runs. And you've got guys like Adam Frazier hitting 322 who are right up in tops of the league hitting-wise. You have Gene Segura hitting 335, and there's just even Cold Wong's playing better, Jess Chilsom. I mean, I don't know. I just don't think 252 deserves an all-star start when you have so many other guys that are hitting so high over 300, which is so hard to do, and you don't even lead in a single category for the most part, and it's just frustrating, and I don't know. I don't agree with it, but he's the name, so he's going to get there. Yeah, I mean it's it's a popularity contest. Let's I mean just be realistic. I mean, it is what it is. He's playing well enough for people to still think that he's doing something for the Braves. They're in third place. He hasn't helped them at all. But he, I mean, they it would be like, like it's like if Mookie Betts took like one of the spots away from like Castellanos or Winker because he's Mookie Betts. Like it's just like well, it's, it's still I mean it's still possible though. I mean, that's not completely out of the picture, you know? I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past the – and I won't even say fans, but just MLB or this whole situation in general for Mookie Betts to take over and be the starting right fielder in the AL. And one of Jesse Winker or Nicholas Castellanos will get snubbed and won't be in it. So, I mean, that's just kind of how it works, you know? And that's the problem with baseball as a whole – right now you should there should slightly be a criteria for you to be able to play in the all-star game and i I don't mind ozzy albies but if you're playing like dog crap you shouldn't be able to be on the best stage in baseball for one bookie bets is hitting 257 home runs and 23 rbis those are all worse stats than albies and he's in fourth place right now for starting exactly like it's just like it's a name it's just annoying oh absolutely I, i mean Truly, I don't think if, you, if you're playing like crap or not having a good season or a usual season, whatever the case is, you shouldn't be able to play in this game. This is the best of the best that season. Dude, and I remember just them are there. Dude, five years ago when people were still going for average more than power. If you're hitting 250, oh, good luck making a lineup. Yeah, dude. It was it was like Jeter's and Pujols and uh, the last year of A-Rod. 
You had those, Tulo going yeah, on. Yeah, Tulowitzki. Yeah, dude, those teams were the best because they were fun to watch. But now we're into that power surge. You got to hit the ball out to be exciting, I guess. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I think this. I think the the Columbia Super Regional was the best regional there was, just because of how close those some of those games were. I mean, the ninth inning on what was it? It'd be Friday. No, yeah, Friday. That was they were in the ninth inning due to a weather delay, weather delay for like six hours. They came out and it took like ten pitches. That was exciting. It was a one run win. Mm-hmm. Then. Saturday, the same situation, or Sunday was the same situation. It was just exciting baseball to watch, not when you're hitting home runs and just doing this crap. But besides the point, my uh, ice bath, I'll stay here, and I'm going to say the MLB in general, honestly, as usual, it's just crap. (laughs) Um, It's just kind of ridiculous. You're going to do foreign substance, and we'll talk about it later, so I won't like go into it. But that whole situation is is ignorant to me mm-hmm. just from the start. I think there's a lot of points that I think I hopefully will remember to bring up and talk about later that I don't forget because it's kind of just something that I feel like needs to be said and needs to be talked about. Um, but I will say this uh, – these divisions are really starting to get close now. The AL East separation, um, the AL Central's got a lot of separation. The AL West has a lot of separation. My boys from Oakland out there getting it done. Angels catching um, a little bit of fire lately. Yeah, they have. They have. That's good though. I would be. I would really like to see if we could get Houston out of that. Out of that top two spot, that would be insane. Hopefully the Angels can keep it up for when Trouty gets back. Yeah. Well, like it's what we talked about at the uh, beginning of this season. The NL Central is the most competitive currently right now. So yeah. that's – I mean, it feels good. There's one team in that AL, the NL Central that just isn't getting it done. But, you know. Dude, we're only 14 and a half back and there's over 100 games left, dude. We're <laughs> chilling, dude. We're just – we're playing the long game here. Yeah. Okay. That, that minus 91 run def- difference is, cl- is is really going to have to flip quick. Dude, it's a strat. I'm telling you. It's a strat. <laughs> Just wait on it. Just wait oh, on man. it. Whatever. Let's talk some golf. Yeah, I um, can't wait, dude. So we have the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines in San Diego. And, <laughs> I mean, absolutely beautiful course. Like, kind of like has the Pebble Beach look going. Well, you can't. I mean – I don't want to compare it to Pebble Beach because they're both as great as each other. Like, it's not like one's better than the other, but they've got like the cliffside water views and you're going to have wind, which is going to play a factor too, because there's nothing stopping it coming off and absolutely beautiful course. Um, Hometown for quite a few golfers, Phil Mickelson uh, growing up in San Diego. And there's quite a few other ones, uh, Morikawa growing up in that area as well. And yeah, dude, I cannot wait for this weekend. And I'm off Friday from work. Or, yeah, I'm off Friday, so I get to watch Friday. I'll get to watch the morning on Saturday, and then I'm off Sunday at 1, so I'll get to see Championship Sunday going off in all 18 there. So I'm definitely <laughs> excited just to sit on the couch and watch the U.S. Open. And it's also great because we've had two majors within a month of each other, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's what – and Father's Day is this weekend. Yeah. So that's clutch. We get to see a little bit of U.S. Open and the College World Series starts. But the purse for this – is twelve and a half million, mm-hmm. which is really, really. Uh, honestly, you see better golf 
when the purses are lower, and I don't know why, I think there's more stress to win 12 and a half than there is <laughs> to win like three for these guys. But I, I mean, I think kind of the consensus around the whole golf world right now is that John Rahm is kind of at the top when it comes to prediction of winning this, which I get that. I think it's going to be a good tournament to watch him, but, and I'll, I'll say it until I die. If you say Dustin Johnson again, looking, looking for a comeback. Oh my God. Comeback. He's won right like here. one major in his career and through thinks he's the greatest golfer of all time. It's not even that it's looking the comeback this weekend, Morikawa looking to stay hot. And then Michael or uh, McElroy. McElroy. He, he did. He's got to figure it out. He's been playing good lately. He was right. Yeah. He won the Wells Fargo. Then he was right there in it for a little bit on the uh, I just, championship. I just need another. I just need to see it. Well, McElroy's done way more than DJ will ever do in his career. So. That's absolutely true, but I like DJ better. He's more fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, DJ um, needs to get his crowd together. He's been struggling yeah. lately. But, yeah. I mean, this tournament, it's kind of cool because how the PGA was like a month ago. And they're both like water ocean courses, but they couldn't yeah. be like more polar opposite on like whether it's the hazards, the grass conditions, and just the scenic and area around it and the smell. They're not going to have to deal with that marshy smell all the time, which I never even really thought about until after the fact of the tournament that that's probably extremely annoying to yeah, smell I think it, that the whole time. I think, I think that's what Bryson's going to blame it on <laughs> when he doesn't do something. Yeah, so technically he's the defending champion coming into this because he won the U.S. Open last year. Yeah, that's crazy to think. Yeah, it is. Because so, it's uh... – Yeah, I, yeah, not Bryson fans over here. So <laughs> if we pull up some odds real quick. Like you said, Dustin – or Ron, uh, John Rahm is the favorite at plus 1,000. Then you got DJ in second, Brooksy in third, tied with Bryson actually, and Xander Shoffley, all tied for third because Shoffley's from the San Diego area as well. Then you got McElroy, Spieth, Morikawa, the disrespect having Justin Thomas all the way down at like seventh. And then Cantlay, Hovland, Finau, and list goes on and on and on. So you're picking DJ. Um, I'm always. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Pick- I didn't say I was picking oh, DJ to win. All right, so I just you- said he needs a comeback tournament. Okay, this week. so if you had to pick one right now, who are you picking? Oh, man. I think off the top. Of my head, I'm going to either go Morikawa or Brooks, and then I'm going to stick Brooks. And the reason for that is Brooks loves attention from the standpoint of the fans. He loves kind of having that rowdy kind of stands, the rowdy field of the golf. And I think they're going to be able to bring that for him this week, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, because there's going to be a lot of excitement around. Because this is what – this is his first tournament since the championship – and all no, the, he, no, he missed the cut this past week in South Carolina. Okay. So then, yeah, he needs to bounce back. With two. I'm going to go Brooks. I just have a good feeling about that. I think he's really, really – that knee is healthy again, and he's playing decent. So I think it's a good bounce back because he played really, really well at the championship. I think this is a big tournament for him to go prove that he can win again. Yeah. I'm still worried about his knee because the recovery table he put out, he still wouldn't be fully healthy at this point. And – it's happened the past couple times he's played. He kind of falls apart in the fourth round because I just don't think his knee can handle it on that fourth day in a row. Cause get that man a golf cart. I love Brooks. Yeah, for real. Hey, if we can get Daly in a golf cart, he's not even injured. He's just fat, old, and drunk <laughs> all the time. Why can't we get 
why can't we give Brooks a little card out there? What's your um, excuse to need a golf card? I'm fat, old, and drunk. Yeah, you'll do. <laughs> what do you need one for? My knee surgery? No, you're walking. <laughs> Thanks, PGA. Yeah, and I don't know. I just – it's tough. I do like Morikawa a lot. Like, it's going to be the ball strikers here that are going to be the best ones, uh, have the yeah. best success in. I love my boy Justin Thomas, and I'm just going to ride with him again like I always do. Um <laughs> Great ball striker, great putter. I mean, he's got more shot shapes and tools in the bag than anybody else out there. And I, just, I love Justin Thomas, so I can see him definitely doing well. But looking a little bit farther down in the odds, um, a guy I'm looking at right now, he's played really well, very well in the last two Masters. Um, he played well, if I remember right, in the championship. And he's just kind of, in the last year and a half, really made a name for himself. And that's Cameron Smith uh, from Australia with the mullet. And yeah. Cam Smith's like been that. playing really, really good golf. He's down there at plus 5,500. Uh, so he's top 25 or top 20 or so in odds. But that's just kind of my guy that I'm going to go with that's not like one of like the ordinary favorites. Yeah, and Joaquin Neiman too. Yeah. And then that's wouldn't it be something right though there. if we can get Phil going to majors? Because he's still never won a U.S. Open. That's like the only major that he hasn't won. So yeah, no, that, would that would be, be awesome. That would be crazy. If you have any insight that you think you're going to make that bet, anybody, <laughs> feel free to DM the uh, Instagram and let us know what you know that we don't <laughs> before they start. But, I mean, yeah, it'll be a good one. I'm, I'm excited for this. I think there's a lot of things that we can see that we aren't expecting, like you said, Cam Smith or a Joaquin Neiman or just a bounce back for Dustin Johnson and Brooks Kepka. I want to see how – Bryson and Brooks play for the first kind of I, w- I want them to be paired together. I'm gonna be honest with you. I was Whether gonna say, what would you put Saturday the odds at? That they get, I was gonna say, what are the odds you think they get paired together? I think I think it's gonna be third round that they get third paired round. together, and I think I would put odds. Yeah, yeah, I, I, would, I would go pretty high. I'd be willing to bet about a hundred bucks on that. Yeah, because it won't be the first two. Because the way it'll work is Bryson's the defending champion. It's typically it's gonna be him. It's going to be Phil because Phil's the last major winner. And then I don't know who the third one. Sometimes they'll maybe do like the U.S. Open winner from the year before, or maybe they'll go with just the other most recent major champion or maybe DJ because he's technically still the number one in the world. I don't know, but I think it's going to be at least like it's definitely going to be Bryson and Phil for the first two because it's defending champion in the last major yeah, I have, and I, I I don't know, so I, I feel like I can ask this question because I feel like a lot of people don't know. Like, the best baseball player in the world is Mike Trout. That's easy. That's not going to change. Yeah. So, but what, like, and I and I love Dustin. Dustin hasn't played well in two or three tournaments, if not a little bit longer than that. No. Why is he still number one? Like, what makes him still number? Is it because he won it's the, the Masters? The, it's the way the last? points. It's the way the point system works. So you get a okay. certain amount of okay. points for winning, finishing yeah. top fives, top tens. But okay. I honestly, Justin Thomas is number two right now. He's right on his heels. And okay, yeah. See, that's what I was gonna say. Is I don't, I don't know why. Like, why isn't Justin Thomas up there more? Like, yeah, one. Why don't, isn't like some of that flip? Because the board, and I don't know how the board lines up, but. It's going to be interesting because obviously if we looked at it, if you just looked it, it, right now, Dustin Johnson's not the best in the world right now the way he's been playing. No. You know, like that's not – I don't think it's fair to say that Dustin's the best in the world today, <laughs> right? 
I mean, he's not. I think it would have to go to like a Rom or Thomas or even a Morikawa. Yeah. Like, I think two, three, and four have all played better than Dustin has in 2021. Easily. Yeah. And I like Dustin, so I'm not trying to (laughs) crap on him or anything, but it's just kind of, I didn't know if like it would flip from like tournament to tournament or if it was just like a yearly like rotation, if you will. Yeah. I'm looking right now. It's cause. So we are at what you said, the Palmetto it's cause he played. I mean, he had that insane like COVID stretch where yeah, he went on a tear. I mean, this was like a two month stretch. He went first missed cut. 12th, 2nd, 1st, 2nd, 3rd, 6th, 2nd, 1st, 11th, 1st, 8th. So Jeez. that's – yeah, Jeez. Yeah, that's why. But well, then, only, but since then, points ahead. Um, yes, yeah, but since then Thomas. he's gone 54th, 48th, 28th, missed cut, 13th, 48th, missed cut, and 10th. So Yikes. he's definitely coming back down to earth. But, yeah, JT's just behind him. And you got John Rom, who's just behind that. And, yeah, I think the standings are definitely going to get shuffled up because – yeah, any I think of these, definitely after this week. If any of these top five, top ten guys wins, that most like not top ten. I think Patrick Reed at number eight at three hundred and fourteen is probably cutoff. where the cutoff. Yeah, yeah, that they could jump up there. But yeah, it also depends. Like if DJ comes in third or fourth, no matter who wins, he's still going to stay in first. So yeah. yeah, no, I think like I said, I don't, I don't know if he's necessarily going to win, but I think he's like you said, he's starting to fall. So this yeah. is kind of a comeback for him. It's a comeback for Brooks. This is a comeback for those two guys big time because they are in the top ten. They have not been playing the golf that we know that they play on a regular basis. So mm-hmm. I think it's a huge comeback weekend for them at the uh, Open. Yeah, so I want to run through some PGA tournament matchups that they made for the U.S. Open where we got to pick one or the other. So we're going to start off. Who does better in this tournament, John Rahm or Dustin Johnson? Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> Starting <hey>. off hot. <laughs> hey, that's tough. Um, you know, I, I, I have to do it just strictly pure on how I feel about it. I think Dustin. I'm going to go. say Dustin. That's the only one I'm going to go pure based on feel. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go Rombo on that one. So next we have Brooks Kepka or Rory McIlroy. I'm going to go Brooks. And it's not really feel. I just think that, like I said, bounce back week, McElroy's kind of just not the guy that I see playing well this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to go Brooks as well for that one. Jordan Spieth or Bryson DeChambeau? Jordan Spieth. You think Jordan? Freaking dude named Bryson DeChambeau. I'm going to have to go with Bryson on that one. Um, I think Spieth plays well at the Open, right? He played well last year. I don't know. He was in that slump last year still at this time. Okay. I don't know. He just – he hasn't been doing well in any of the majors, though. Like, he hasn't made any noise in the PGA uh, in the Masters. And I don't know. He's just interesting. He's so hit or miss at this point. Like, he wins – like, he's been winning and playing good in the smaller tournaments, but the fields obviously aren't as good as these. Yeah. So then we have Xander Shoffley or Colin Morikawa. I'm going to go Morikawa. Maybe he's wearing a, a light green shirt with some trees on with it. With some or sycamore something. trees on it that yeah. I may or may not also have in my closet right now. 
I gave you I gave you a chance there to, to talk about it. You're welcome. All right, and then see this is where this is probably the toughest one for me. Justin Thomas or Colin Morikawa? Oh man, I'm I'm gonna go Morikawa <laughs> still. I'm gonna stick to him. All right, he's had a really, really, really good last three weeks, so I'm gonna ride that a, yeah, little, while, a little, little while longer. I'm gonna go with my boy JT, and then we're gonna end it off with Tony Finau or Hideki Matsuyama. Hideki Matsuyama. Yeah, Tony Finau. I don't know if you were listening to the part in my take episode, but Finau's got this curse now where if your first event win yep. is the Puerto Rico yep. Open or something yep. like that, nobody has ever won an event after yep. that. And Tony yep. Finau has finished top five so many times, and he just can't win. So yeah, I, did, gonna, I did listen to that one. Yeah, so I'm going to go with Matsuyama as well. And then we'll go with one more, actually, because I think this one's pretty interesting. So – we're going to go with uh, two young guys here, Will Zalatoris or Cam Smith? Cam Smith. Cam Smith. Will Zalatoris had the really good day and really good like showing, but he hasn't done enough since or before to yeah. stay there. Cam Smith has played well since 2021 opened up. You know, he's been relevant. He's been in the top 15, in the top 10. So I'm going to ride that streak of cam smith a little while longer i think he's played outstanding in this year especially so i think the mullet's giving him a little bit of some mullet of, magic uh, a little bit of power you know i'm gonna ride with the aussie there a little while longer yeah i'm gonna go with cam smith as well on that one can't wait so, for that we'll have so some, i gotta ask before yeah. we leave who plays better not a matchup that's day one but a matchup that again i think we'll see on day three Brooks Kepka or Bryson DeChambeau? Um, I'm going to go with Brooks because I feel like it would get more in Bryson's head than it would Brooks's head. Because Brooks, <laughs> the way Brooks is going to think about it, he's like, oh, this is perfect. This is exactly what I want. Let me show this guy up like man yeah, to man, like right here. Where I feel like Bryson, he'll be sitting there on the green and instead of doing his calculations and then putting, if Brooks makes a birdie, he'll like, kind of double take go back overthink some stuff as he's done before and i think just because he's so analytical and he's like a robot i think he'll start overthinking if he plays with brooks yeah i'm gonna go brooks also and i think I brooks think is just alpha energy which is destroy uh, uh bryson's little ego he's got going yeah and so, if bryson throws somebody out for saying brooksy in his backswing <laughs> i vote we we take bryson off of the tour <laughs> For being a whiny baby. <laughs> and so the pairings aren't out yet, sadly. They come out today, but I have to work. So we had to do the uh, podcast this morning before they come out. So on Thursday, we'll be able to look more at the threesomes that come out, which uh, that'll be really cool to see how they do that. I'm hoping for some really good matchups or like pairings, whether it's JT and Rom together and somehow or Morikawa and Rom, Morikawa, JT, DJ with Rory, something along those lines. So we will see. Um, I'm excited. I know you're excited, but we're now yeah. going to go back and we're going to run over uh, the NBA games that have happened since last podcast. Yeah. So I'm going to start off with the Nets versus the Bucks. So the Bucks won game four, tied up the series 107-96. Kyrie got hurt early, um, so that was obviously not good for them at all. And it was just a pretty dominant game from Milwaukee. KD did all he could do, but it's really hard when – they can just pretty much double team you essentially, and you can be the defense's main focus. And then going back to Giannis, 
I counted at least five times where he should have been called for uh, another 10 second free throw violation. And they just did not count it. I would sit there and I was going one, two, three, four. Were you, were you hitting the. I wasn't doing all of that, yeah. but I was counting and I was counting on my fingers. So it was correct as well. Um, not for anybody that's watching there. on YouTube, that was not a uh, Nazi <laughs> thing. That was the referee <laughs> counting. That looked oh, really man. bad from the angle that I was doing it at. And I apologize. If yeah. it was taken as a Nazi thing, that was was not a Nazi thing. Um, but yeah, no, the, the Bucks even up the series that was that was pretty huge because, like we talked about, if a, a full healthy Nets team, I think this series is three one, mm-hmm. maybe four zero. <laughs> but it's just it's starting to flip a little bit, you know. And I don't know if it's going to continue, but. Neither team has won in a away game, right? No. Is that that's, so? Yeah, that's correct. So we're going back to Brooklyn, right? Yep, tonight. Yeah, so that's going to be it's going to be interesting. I think with with no Kyrie and a possible no James Harden, I think we may see the Bucks take this one tonight. But you know, these aren't super high scoring games without either of them, <laughs> so that's exciting. And then the the Suns swept which we kind of both predicted that. Yeah. I said <laughs> which, four to one, but I hopped yeah. on the sweep like the very next day. Yeah. So. <laughs> and then that Hawks game yesterday, that was interesting. Yeah. I don't, I don't, and like we, we have kind of the question, did the 76ers lose it or did the Hawks win it? And, and I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know if there's a correct answer to that. I don't know if there's a wrong answer either. Because it was kind of just like late at the end. Well, it's because Embiid got hurt. You, Embiid went 0 of 12 in the second half. So oh, I'll yeah. go with the Sixers blew it on that one. Yeah, but they still, I mean, I think if they blew it, they would have lost by more than three. Yeah. I just think that late down the stretch, and, and the Hawks are such a good team closing out games with the lead because they're not going to force it. They're not going to throw, well, they're not going to throw it up to Capella or to Collins to try and have them run the clock out. They're going to give it to Trey Young and let him just run around for a minute. Yeah, well, the last minute on both sides was awful, though. Like yeah, the last was, minute, the like last Atlanta minute had was, Atlanta had two turn a turnover and a missed shot. Philly had two turnovers and a yeah. buzzer beater that was shot after the clock had already gone off. Yeah. It, the last minute was a disaster, but the yeah. Hawks were able to put it together there a little bit before that, but. To Trey Young, eight of twenty-six, uh, three of eleven. Yeah. So not a great game on his part, even though he had eighteen assists, which is insane. But yeah. once you realize that your shots off, like that's something I want. That's like the next kind of stage I want to see Trey Young develop to on nights where he's realizing, okay, I'm not shooting the lights out. Like just pass hit, the ball and become John like a, Collins and become a playmaker because this game wouldn't have even been close if no. say you realize early. So you're not going to chuck up 26 shots and then you go of like nine of 16 or something like way more efficient because that's what 26 minus eight is 10, 12. I don't know, but that's like, <laughs> that's like 12 turnovers, not turnovers, but you get what I mean. Like his odds are when you chuck up the ball, the defense is going to get the rebound. So those are yeah. just like wasted possessions. And then Bogdanovich taking 24 shots was surprising as well. Not yeah, really much more efficient either. He's quickly stepped up as the second guy. Yeah. 
And I like that because I think he's a very good three-point shooter and he's got the ability to be athletic in the paint. I just think that – and that's what they were – they were eye-popping last night over John Collins, and they were like, an outstanding night. He only had 14 points. Yeah, I get the 12 rebounds were there, but a big night for John Collins, a top five power forward in the NBA to me is not 14 points. It's like 33 you know, Mm -hmm. on this team. So I think, like you said, with Trey Young having 18 assists, I think that's huge. But I think we need to see if you're going to throw up nine shots and only – or 26 shots and make nine of them, I think we need to start facilitating and learning from – honestly, learning from Chris Paul on finding Devin Booker, finding DeAndre Ayton, and go to finding Capella for more than 12, finding John Collins for more than 14, and then – you look at a team that's scoring 17, 17, 17, and then it's, you know what I'm saying? So I think there's more to be done, like you said, from John Collins on the facilitation role, you know? And I think that's what we talked about it. John Collins, who was really trying to get out of Atlanta due to the fact that Trey Young was just throwing up shots from the logo. Mm -hmm. We saw him tame back down from that, but now we need to see him facilitate with John Collins more. Get him the ball. Let him do John Collins' work and just have him go. Because 14 points is good. There was three guys in double-double last night, so that also helps. But like you said, if you facilitate and dish out, then this game wouldn't have been close. Yeah. And before we move to the next game, I just want to take a moment of silence real quick for any betters that had Ben Simmons at a triple-double because he was one (laughs) assist short. All right, moment passed. Good luck next time. All right, so (laughs) the last time or the last game we're going to go to is the Utah Jazz and the Los Angeles Clippers where um, the Clippers are kind of starting to show who we all thought they could be. Kawhi Leonard going 9 of 19 for 31 points. Uh, Paul George 9 of 20 for 31 as well. And Marcus Marcus Morris had a good night. Yeah. um, (laughs) Where did that come from? Yeah, I know. He he was on fire. from. Well, he was – do you remember the first three? They were like, wow, he's been one of 16 all series so far. And then he put up five for six yesterday, which is huge. That's crazy. Crazy. And the thing with Utah is, yeah, Donovan Mitchell put up 37. But like we just said about Trey Young on a very inefficient 9 of 26. And 13 of those points came from the free throw line. But – you could tell that ankle was bothering him. He was slow oh, to get yeah. up the court sometimes. He was falling like a decent bit. But, I mean, yeah. props to him for going out there and doing that. Uh, Bogdanovich and Ingles also picked up some slack for uh, Utah. But Jordan Clarkson going 3 of 12 is not a winning formula uh, for yeah. Utah. You can't <laughs> yeah, be having Joe, that. Joe Ingles was clutch. Yeah. That was a good, good night. But, um, like, these numbers last night, for the separation in the game of 14 points – Mm-hmm. These numbers, team stats, surprisingly were not far off, which the three-pointers were exactly the same at 40 and a half. And then the Jazz shot from the field, 42, basically 43. The Clippers shot 47. And then the, the free throws were each at 81 and 82. So it was weird to see a 14-point deficit on the numbers being very, very similar. You know, but that's it was the first quarter for the Clippers that really did everything. They outscored 30 to 13 in the first quarter, which was insane. But like you said, yeah, Donovan Mitchell, 37, which I was very, very unexpecting of 37 to go on the board. Yeah. Um, 
but Joe Ingles, 19, stepped up clutch, won me a couple of bucks. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich, clutch. That was a good 18 points. Uh, Reggie Miller only had four, which – Jackson. Or, yeah, that's what I meant. Reggie Jackson only – yeah, I said Miller. Reggie I? Miller, he's um, up in the announcing booth. Yeah. That would be a wild night for him to put up some points. <laughs> Reggie Jackson only had four, which was kind of an odd fall back to earth, honestly. Mm-hmm. You know, the first the, – or the last two games, he was really, really playing well. And I think that that's kind of the – in the, of four points that we're used to, but it'll be interesting to see game five on when would that be tomorrow? Yeah, yeah, yeah tomorrow. So it'll be interesting. There's a good a good game today, and then a good game uh, tomorrow. Good games tomorrow. So it'll be interesting to see if the series is done by Saturday or not. Either of these. Yeah, this series is just in like total flux now, and I don't well, know we, what to do at this well, point. It's, it's crazy. We got. The first round was kind of an obliteration from both sides. There was teams that swept, teams that only won one, and then a game, a series that went to seven. But now we have three series that are all tied at two apiece. So yeah. it's very, it's a very, very good second round of the playoffs, which is exciting. Yeah. But, so a lot of great basketball still left to play, but we're now going to head over to the NFL. So at this point on – because we're doing two podcasts a week, obviously once a week to kind of help the build up going in the NFL season. We're going to look at each division's, um, all their team's schedules, and we're going to go through and just kind of what games are they going to win, what games are they going to lose, and kind of just put out a record, write them down, so then when the season comes around, we can uh, keep track and check with them. So we're going to start off with what I think is the best division in football, which is the NFC West. So you've got Seattle. Uh, the LA Rams, the Arizona Cardinals, and the San Francisco 49ers. So we are going to start off with the Seattle Seahawks as the division winners from last year. So game one is at Indianapolis. Very tough way to start your season. And they do have the odds out for the first game. And Seattle are two-and-a-half-point underdogs, which we're not doing odds or anything. We're just, just tossing that out there. So – they win or lose this first game, Drew, against Indianapolis. New look Colts with Carson Wentz. I they win it. I think there's too much pressure on Car- Carson to win mm-hmm. the first game against uh, such a good team. So I'm going to go. They lose. Or they win this first game. Uh, okay. Seattle starts the season one and zero. So then I'm going to go with a Seattle win as well because it's going to be the first game of like Carson Wentz and this new offense. So it's definitely going to be tough, like just to come out first game and win when you have a new quarterback. So next we have the Seahawks at home against the Titans. Uh, I have I have a loss there. You have a loss. Yeah, and the reason for that being they just got Julio, so it gives Derrick Henry kind of a a break, if you will. Um. But they're in Washington, so that's tough. I'm gonna. I'm still gonna go with a loss. I think the Titans come in, and I think they outplay the offense of Seattle. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's a lot of pressure on Seattle that game because the offenses are fairly similar. Yeah. From the aspect of the receiving core is now pretty much even, and the running back obviously leans one way, but Chris Carson's nothing to be like upset about. Oh. I just I, I, I'm gonna give it to the Titans in that one. So the Seahawks are one and one. 
All right. I'm going to give it to uh, Seattle just because Washington's a really hard place to play in, especially for a team used to playing in nice weather in Tennessee. And <clears throat> I think the defense shows up. Jamal Adams is going to be there healthy, so they're going to have help covering Julio and everything. But I'm going to go with Seattle on that one. So then we are now going to go to the Seahawks at the Vikings. Seahawks, 2-1. I don't yes. need to say anything yeah. else, I don't think. Agree with that. Um, and then next we have Seahawks at the 49ers, first divisional game. Oh, man. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, and you can tell me so I don't have to make – who's who's the starting quarterback by this point? Uh, it'll still be Jimmy G. Uh, loss. loss. Or, or, or W for the Seahawks. So okay. it's – Three one. Uh, I'm going a loss there because I'm at three and zero right now. I'm going loss just because Shanahan kind of has everybody else's number inside the division. He's outcoached everybody since he's become the 49ers head coach, and I'm expecting big things out of San Fran coming back with a healthy team because just two years ago they were in the Super Bowl and then they were easily the most injury riddled team last year. So the next week after that, another huge game: the LA Rams at the Seahawks. Um, I'll go. I'll go. Loss three two. Loss, and that's a Sunday night game as well. Yeah, yeah. But and I think I go loss there. Yeah, I'm gonna go loss as well. And then they play the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. Another night game. That's a win. I'm going forward. Dude, the two. Seahawks go back, back to back to back primetime games at one point. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> You're going loss for the Seahawks in Pittsburgh. No, or no. win. You said win for the Seahawks. Win. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Yeah, dude. I don't know. I can easily see us just playing like crap this game. <laughs> um, it's a it's a prime time, so it's one of those where Russell in, Wilson. It's in always, Pittsburgh. but he always plays well on prime no, time. I'm going lost because this is where I'm at. Right, they go three in a row. Everybody's like, oh, Seahawks, Seahawks, Seahawks. And then they lose three in a row, and then everybody's like, oh, and the Russell Wilson drama starts up again. And I can just see that happening because that's yeah. kind of how it goes. So we've you've got them at four and two. I've got them at three and three right now. I think this yeah. next one's pretty easy. The restarting New Orleans Saints going to Seattle. Um, I give it a win. Yeah, I'm giving it a win too. And then the Jaguars at the Seahawks. I think that's a win for both of us. Yeah, six and two. And then big game Seahawks at the Packers. I'm going loss. I think six and three. You're going loss. I'm going win. Russell Wilson has Aaron Rodgers' number in a lot of those games they've played. Uh, then Cardinals at Seahawks. I'm going win, seven and three. Win. I'm going win as well. Uh, Seahawks at the football team. Uh, I'm going to shock it here. I'm going to go loss. I'm going to go seven and four. All right. Well, I've got a win there. So I've got Seattle on a five game win streak here. And then the 49ers at the Seahawks, another primetime game. I think this one's a loss. I don't think they beat them twice. I think seven and five. Yeah, I'm going to go loss as well. I think they lose to them both times. Um, Seahawks at Texans, easy win yeah. for Seattle. Uh, then the Seahawks at the Rams, which I'm going to go not, loss there again. I'm going to go nine and five. I think they win out there. And then I'm, I'm going to go 10 and five against the bears. Yep. Yeah. I'm going to have them winning there. And then I well. think they beat Detroit yeah, easily 11 and five. Yeah. And then I think the Cardinals, I'm going to go another win. I'm going to go 12 and five to the end of the season. 
So I'm at 11 and five right now for this last game, which this is a huge game for them because this could easily have like a division on the line, but I'm going to go win as well. So you went 12 and five also. Yes. So we both yeah. ended up at 12 and five, just different ways of getting there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So we have them both at 12 and five. So <clears throat> we are now going to go to the team that came in second place in this division last year, which was the Los Angeles Rams. Um, so the Rams open up at home Sunday night football, first game of the year against the Chicago Bears. I'm going to go a win. One and a. Yep. I'm going to go with a win as well. And then after that, we have the Rams at the Colts. I think it's one and one. One and one. All right. I'm going to go with a win there for the Rams. Which will definitely be an interesting dynamic because that means I have the Colts at 0-2 in their first two games, which is going to raise some question marks. Um, then the Buccaneers at the Rams, that's going to be an awesome game. I think 1-2. One 1-2? And one and yeah, I think the, Col- the Buccaneers win. <clears throat> All right, I'm going to go with a loss for the Rams, have them at 2-1. and one. Uh, Cardinals at Rams? Uh, I think they win 2-2. Two, two. Yep, as well. Uh, Rams at Seahawks? I'm pretty sure I had a loss here. So, two and three. Yeah, I had a loss for the Seahawks here, so that's a win for the Rams. And then Rams at Giants. Wait, what did you have on the last one for the Rams? Uh, Loss. Loss. So, what would that be, week five? Yeah. So, then Rams at Giants. Uh, I think a win. I think they go three and three there. All right. And then Lions and Rams. That's a win. Four. Four to three. And then Rams at Texas. Jeez, that's a nice little break they get right there. Five. And then the Titans. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a win against the Titans. Actually, I'm gonna go a loss just because I have them on a one, two, three, four, five win streak. (laughs) I don't know what the odds are. I have them at seven and two right now. Yeah. Um, I have Rams at the Niners. I have a, a win against the Niners. I've got a loss there. Kyle Shanahan has never lost to Sean McVay. Um, Rams against the Packers. A loss. I'm going to go with a win there. Um, Jaguars at Rams. That's a win. Yeah. Uh, Rams at Cardinals. Loss. All right. I have them winning again. Uh, Seahawks at Rams. What is that? What week would that be? So it's one, two, three, four, fourth to last week. So I had a loss for Seattle. So that means a win for the Rams. I have a lot. No, I had a win for Seattle. Yeah, so it'd lost be, for the Rams. So they'd be what eight and six in mine. Yeah, eight and, and then six. I have them beating the Vikings. Yeah, and then I have them beating the Ravens. Yeah, yeah, and then I have I'll them have losing losing the final game. Yeah, ten and seven. I have, <laughs> I have them. So you have them at ten and seven. Yeah. What do you have them at? Fourteen and three. <laughs> Holy crap! I man. mean, it's very possible though. Teams do it every year. The Packers won thirteen and three the past two years, and they have a quarterback now. That's good. I mean, I'm not really so with that. I mean, they play the AFC North, which is a rather easy division besides Green Bay. So, all right. So we are now going to go to the Arizona Cardinals, and. They start off with the Titans. Uh, I I I gotta go lost there. Yeah, I'm going lost as well. So, oh, oh, and then 
Vikings at Cardinals. Vikings at Cardinals. That's another. Uh, no, I'll go one and one. Yeah, I'm going with the win there. Uh, Cards at Jags. I'm going with a win. Yeah. Uh, Cardinals at Rams. That'll be a loss. I have that at. Yeah, I had that as a loss too. Uh, 49ers at Cardinals. I don't remember what I had. Well, Well, we haven't done the Niners. We haven't done the Niners. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a loss. So three and two. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a loss as well. Um, Cardinals at Browns. I think a loss. Yeah, and then the Texans will be a win. Yeah. Uh, Packers. Let me give that a loss. Yeah. Uh, Niners again. Loss. Same. Oh, they play the Panthers. Five and five. five. I think they win that. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the win there as well. Um, Then they play the Seahawks. This is where it gets confusing. I should have marked what these division games were. So this is week one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, I have a win for Seattle, so that's a loss for Arizona. What do you have? I had a win for Arizona, if I'm not okay. wrong. And then the Cardinals at the Bears. I'm going to go think, with the win. I think a lo- I'm going loss. Do you think Justin Fields is going to be starting? Yeah, I do. Yeah, and then Rams at Cardinals. So I have a loss for that one. Yep. Um, Cardinals at Lions. Take like a, a win. win. Yep. Oh, I think they lose to the Colts. Uh-huh. Um, hold, on. hold on. I just lost my – thing let me get back all right there we go so when it, you said win at the lions yeah and then you said lost a loss at the colts which i agree with and then, and then cowboys. cowboys is where i i get confused no this I'm is gonna... they'll win this game because the cowboys will be like two games under 500 and they have to win like both of them to make the playoffs and they're gonna lose and <laughs> just be the typical cowboys so i'm gonna go with oh, a win man. there for the cardinals all right uh, yeah i agree Eight and eight, and then the Seahawks to end it. I had the win for the Seahawks, so yeah. eight and nine. Three, four, five, six, seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. So I have them at seven and ten. All right. Which kind of surprises me, but they're also the worst team in their division. So, but I mean, I definitely like. Realistically, like for me doing it, that's what it looks like. But Kyler Murray will definitely pull some games out of his butt, like he did with that Buffalo game last year. Oh yeah, absolutely. Somewhere. Absolutely. So, what did you have them at? Um, eight and nine. And eight I want to say this because I know I'm going to screw it up on the 49ers. So this is what I'm going to say before we start this last one. So last year's end of season record for the Seahawks was 12 and four. I have them going 12 and five this year. Okay, very very close. The ending for the Rams was ten and seven or ten and six last season. I have them going ten and seven. Very very close. So you don't think Matthew Stafford's any better than Jared Goff? Then essentially, no, no because, because you don't have them winning any more games with Matthew Stafford. Yeah, but it, it's also who they play, when they play them, where they play them. It all affects everything because Matthew Stafford is a great quarterback, strong arm guy, but. He's jumping divisions, playing a whole new divisional set. The Seahawks are a much better team than, let's see. Well, I, I, yeah, they're a much better team than the Vikings and the Bears. They're, I would say, close to even with the Packers, probably a little under. 
the Cardinals are a much better team than the Vikings and the Lions. Or uh, they're even with the Bears, and the 49ers are better than the Bears and Vikings also. So he's coming into a very, 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 very good divisional conference schedule that I just I don't know that he's ready for in a first year to win all those or any of those games. It's different. I don't know. He is definitely better than Jared Goff in a career-long thing. But in this NFC West, I don't know if he's that much better. I don't. But I also have the Cardinals only – I have the Cardinals losing one more game. So, I, I mean, I don't know if the Rams are going to be a ton better off with Matthew Stafford or not because we haven't seen him play this conference, this divisional schedule yet. So I'm not ready to say that he's going to be the saving grace for the Rams. I'm not ready for that yet. All right. Well, let's hit the 49ers because i got about 30 minutes left here. So – <clears throat> um, we start off with the Lions. The Lions. So I have That's a win a there. And then the Eagles, I have another win there. Yeah. And then the Packers, Packers I have a loss. Yep, two and one. And then, and then the Seahawks. Oh, gosh. Got to go back. Week one. four. Yeah, I have a loss there for Seattle. So win for the win. So, so a loss for two. 49ers. Um, then oh, they man. played the 49ers, the Cardinals, or that's week what I meant. Week five, five. One, two, three, four. All right, I have a win there for, for the 49ers. Yeah, I did too. See, we're doing we're checking our notes here. A lot of podcast people would just sit there and throw out whatever they thought and not match their schedules up, but we're out here matching our schedules up, doing quality work and research here, guys. <laughs> no half assing here. Um, so <laughs> they go to a bye, and then they go to the Colts. Wait, what did you have for the 49ers and Cardinals? I had a win for the 49ers, so they're 32. All right, and then the uh, Colts. I have a win against the Colts. They're in Santa Clara. Yeah, I have a win for so that as well. Four and two. I think they – oh, man. They beat the Bears. <laughs> yeah, I'll give it – yeah, they beat the Bears. Five and two, and then the Cardinals again. Gosh, Right, so, so what is that? Is week, One, two, three, four, four five, six, six, seven, seven eight. eight. I have a loss for the cards. So that's yeah. Yep. Good six gosh, dude. Two. They are – dude, we both have this 49ers team, like, six insane right now. Yeah. Yeah. We're the Rams one. is one more week, so that was week nine. And I said a win for that because he has Sean McVay's number. No, I didn't have that. See it a lot. See it a win. Or I mean, I mean, I had a yeah win for San Fran. You have a win or loss for that one. I have a loss for San Fran. Okay, and then a win against Jacksonville. Yeah, seven and three. Uh, The Vikings. I think they lose that game. Okay, I feel like I need to add a loss in because I'm at one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I'm at nine and one. What week are we against the Seahawks? The Seahawks first game. Eleven, I think. Eleven. Four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. All right, I have a Seattle win, so it's finally another loss there. Yeah, me too. So they're seven and five right now. Uh, the Bengals, as much as I hate it, eight and five. That's a win. Yeah, I think um, they, they, I think they beat the Falcons. I do too, dude. I don't like how this is coming out. I think um, they lose to the Titans. Yeah, I agree with that. I and think then, they beat the, they, they beat the Texans. Yeah. 
And then, and then the Rams. Uh, End of the year, I had a loss for the Rams. Yeah, I had a loss for the Niners. So, 11 and 6. 11 and 6 at the end for the 49ers. I have them one game better than the Rams. 1, 2, 3, 4. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 8, 9, 10, 12. So, I'm at 13 and 4. Jeez. I mean, that actually doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's what I think about this division. Seattle 12 and 5, Rams 14 and 3, Niners 13 and 4. I mean, I called it the best division in football. So, that doesn't oh. surprise me. <laughs> There's only one division that's done that. There was, oh, there was only one division that did that last year, and it was the AFC North. Yeah. So it's definitely doable. I think I'm going to win high on Seattle, or I mean, on the Rams and the Niners, but I just don't know. Like, I would realistically probably drop the Niners down to 12 and 5 and the Rams to 13 and 4, but going through the schedule, I couldn't really find like an easy loss just to pin on them. So. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I got 12 and 5, 10 and 7, 8 and 9, and 11 and 6. But, I mean, we both have triple-digit wins, but it looks more like the AFC North at 12 and 4, 11 and 5, and 11 and 5 last season. Yeah. So, I guess it's it's the same, but yours is more, I don't want to say exaggeration, but more of a, a bigger win scale. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I definitely think that it's possible, doable, but – very, very, very unlikely. Yeah, and then so for the next coming divisions, we'll have to figure out these picks beforehand to go through them because otherwise we're going to have to start cross-referencing through like 50 million pages yeah, when we start seeing all. other matchups. So what do you want to do next, NFC North, NFC South, or NFC East? Let's see. Let's see. Let's do – Let's do East. All right. We'll go to the NFC least next week, ladies and gentlemen. So now Drew mentioned it earlier. So I'll kind of let him take over here with the MLB announcing their new 10 day foreign policy substance consequence, I guess. Uh, suspension, Stephen. It's not a consequence. We're trying to scare them out of ever trying it. Hey, really, Rob? That's your go to there. It sounded that's like you're, you're talking about like yeah. what they would tell us in school, like drugs. Yeah, that's, trying to scare that's you. What Rob's, that's what Rob Manfred sounds like. And I hate to say, he sounds like a little bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry, but he does. We're trying to scare these pitchers out of ever thinking about doing it. Rob, if that was the if that's what you were trying to do, you should have done it when you first stepped in as the commissioner because they've been doing it for years, years, Rob. And it's not. I mean, it's not going to stop. And if yeah. you think for a second, if you think for a second, they're going to let Garrett off or Jacob DeGrom fall off or name another one, Shane Bieber fall off. You're wrong. They can't. They won't. MLB will not survive without superstar pitchers being able to run the table. They won't be able to survive because home runs are fun and all and they're very cool to watch. But people you can watch the highlight of a home run. I just want to. I just want to say real quick, sorry, but the uh, U.S. Open pairings were just announced, which is so unfortunate that we can't like spend like longer after we do everything else to talk about that. So that's just gonna have to wait till next week. But just wanted to throw that out there. And no, you're good. Dustin Johnson's I mean, playing with Roy McIlroy and Justin Rose. Okay, but yeah, that's. So. I mean, it's the same thing with like Trevor Bauer. You can't let them fall. You can watch a home run. Holy crap! Sorry, last time I'm interrupting you, dude. Colin Morikawa, Justin Thomas, and Brooks Kepka are a threesome, dude. Dude, that's insane. That's insane. All right, keep going. <laughs> it's I, it's just kind of like to me at least, it's ignorant that 
you're going to tell me that you're going to put these guys in suspensions and stuff. And it's, it, I mean, you're going to miss two starts. If Jacob DeGrom gets caught, he's going to miss two starts. You know how many Mets fans aren't going to watch those games or come <laughs> a ton, a lot. Your college stadium more full than the Mets stadium and city field is nice. Oh yeah. Very nice stadium. And they're a very, very passionate fan base. But if you cut Jacob DeGrom off for two starts, guess what you're going to find? Less and less and less people coming. So, Rob, here's an idea. If I can walk across the, the field and punch Jose Abreu in the face and get four games, a pitcher should not get ten, ever, for something that you can say, hey, don't do that again. You just got suspended for it, right? I mean, that's because we're going to watch these guys, Shane Bieber, Garrett Colt. They're going to give up runs. They're going to get sh- – I mean, it's not a good idea. It's just not a good, you know, and it's as a work, player. It's you, working, though. If you look, all of these pitcher spin rates are down at least 400 RPMs in their last two starts. Yeah, but that's fine. But, wait, okay, so we'll go look at Garrett Cole's last start against the Twins. It's the Twins. Go play the go play the Red Sox. Go play the Rays. Go play the White Sox. Go play uh, – go play – the freaking angels at 33 and 33. I mean, it's not, you're not going to get the same results. That's what I'm saying is there's, it's like the last start. You got to look at who they pitched. And well, Trevor the, Bauer the got only absolutely exception. obliterated in his last start against the uh, Texas Rangers. Yeah, it, it, exactly. So let's take a second look at the previous Cy Young, who's a face of pitching in LA in a face of baseball currently because people love him. He's not afraid to attack Manfred. He's not afraid to just do whatever. So, I mean, come on, let's keep it realistic. I mean, well, ignorant. What they need to do, which I think they're working on or starting to work on is the MLB and the players and the GMs, they need to get together and create like a substance that pitchers can use, but obviously not make it like overpowering and just do it that way because the mud on the balls and that stuff they use obviously isn't enough because baseballs are very slick. The ones that they're using up there and the seams aren't popped up as high as like maybe a high school or college ball. But I just think they need to work together to come up with something that pitchers can use because as much as that Pete Alonzo interview was weird, I did agree with the part. He's like, I want these pitchers to have control because I don't want to get hit in the head by a 102 mile per hour fastball because they're just yanking these things. You don't want it slipping out and starting to go all over the place. So I just think they need to work together to come up with some type of substance or something that pitchers can use that's not going to be way too much or not enough, and it's just going to like even it back out again. Yeah, it's just tough, because then you're going to get the other side. It, the MLB is such a split thing right now, just like the – the the real world is honestly everybody's got a saying or a split about something that's going on when sometimes they shouldn't or sometimes they should so if you cut off the spider tech the stuff that people can cheat the mud on your finger whatever you want to call it pictures that haven't been cheating that are going to be like oh great let's go then there's going to be ones that are that say this is kind of BS, this is kind of crap. Then you're going to get hitters like Pete Alonso that says, hey, let's do that. That's fine. I'd rather not get hit. Then you're going to have pitcher hitters also that are like, get rid of it. I don't want it in the game. It makes it harder for me to hit. So you're going to have a split no matter which direction you go. There isn't mm-hmm. a win-win here. Rob Manfred just tried to shake the the pot for really, I don't <laughs> even know what reason. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't affecting baseball. Enough. There were still teams beating Garrett Cole. There were still teams beating Trevor Bauer. There were still teams beating Shane Beamer or Bieber, excuse me. So, I mean, it's not like 
they weren't winning. I mean, Cleveland's 35 and 28. If they were like outstanding, if pitchers were winning every game, it'd be different. I think Cleveland would be in first place and the Yankees would be at top of the, the East again, but they're not, they're in fourth place. So, I mean, mm-hmm. this is a little bit of just kind of a doing it to do it. I think Rob Manfred's kind of feeling a little slip and he's trying to do something. I, I don't know what, what it is or why he's doing it, but I mean, it's just not, it's not really helping anybody. <laughs> it's just kind of, just kind of happening. I mean, it's, and I don't understand why all of a sudden, like, <clears throat> a quarter of the way through the season, he just decides to do this. You know, it's not like it's, okay, after the All-Star break or you guys are going to get some time in the offseason to figure some things out. Because like you said, Trevor Bauer did research and science and some legit evidence on how he could make himself better. If that was the way to do it, that's what other guys were doing. He did it. So now these guys that did that research to get better are now not able to do research on how to stay good without the stuff that they are using. So you're going to screw these guys. Trevor Bauer's the one I'm using just because he just started using it publicly and people know that, you know? So, I mean, if he's like, okay, I can't do this anymore. He can't take a week off to be like, okay, I got to put this in place, this in place, this. It's more than just numbers. You have to go practice it. You have to go throw that ball. You have to go do it. So it's different thing. I think Rob Manfred's just an idiot overall, to be honest. Well, playing like devil's advocate, it's easy to look at like, well, it's still cheating. So they never should have been doing it in the first place. And it's their fault that they screwed themselves now. Yeah, no, I mean, I get that. You shouldn't cheat, but I I mean, there's guys. I absolutely, I get that. But if it made me cheat to where I do a no hitter every time, that's different. Cheating as in the Astros, you won three World Series, twice you cheated. So that's way different than this to where you give up two home runs in a game instead of six. So to me, this is on a scale of cheating at 10 is the Astros scandal. Cheating as in one as in we'll use Deflategate. This is like a four because it's not – I mean, it's not causing you to win the game every time. It's causing you to have a better chance – against hitters who are powerful, are bigger than they have been, hit the ball farther than they ever have been, and are hitting more of them than they ever have been. So that's just trying to fare the game. If you want to be on the other side of it, then Rob Manfred needs to find something for the hitters to have that doesn't hit the ball as far, gives the pitchers a chance without having to cheat. Yeah, You know, I mean, obviously lowering the weight of baseball didn't work. (laughs) So, I mean, it's just kind of – and I get what you're saying. You shouldn't cheat. You shouldn't. Yeah, I get that. But it's not, they're not cheating to win World Series. They're just cheating to win game by game. And sometimes that doesn't even happen. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I just see it a little differently. Yeah. Well, you were also a pitcher. So, yeah, I did not cheat. And yeah, my, me and, me and my, my 79 mile per hour fastball was never going to do too much anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, we were going to look at some buyers and sellers for the upcoming trade deadline, but I don't necessarily have time for that today. So we'll get into that on Thursday. And then, Drew, we can wrap it up with some college baseball. All right. So college baseball, we have the um, tournament bracket has officially been released and come out. And I was wrong. Tennessee cannot play Texas. They are on the same side in the World Series game. So, I didn't even realize you picked two teams from the same side. Well, in my defense, I wasn't even looking at the thing that day, so I had no idea, or I wouldn't have said that. But um, you have on the, we'll just say the left, 
<laughs> you have NC State, Stanford, Arizona, Vanderbilt. And on the right, you have Texas, Mississippi State, Virginia, and Tennessee. And I'll be honest with you, the right side is much more powerful than the left side is. Yeah. Texas is a much better team than NC State. Mississippi State is, I'm not going to say much better. They are a better team than Stanford, in my opinion. Uh, Arizona is better than Virginia, but still competitive with each other. And Tennessee and Vandy are competitive with each other. But the first matchup that we'll see is Virginia versus Tennessee. I'm excited for that. I don't think I, – I picked Dallas Baptist against uh, Virginia, and that was a very, very, very good series. Virginia's got a lot of fight in them. Um, when I was there, they threw a kid that was very, very iffy throughout the year who had a, a really good game, seven and a third innings, mm-hmm. was throwing 96 to 98, looked like a Vanderbilt pitcher, just an absolute gem of a day. Uh, Tennessee's just, I mean, outstanding. Uh, Tony's got them working on all cylinders. I think I, it's going to be a Tennessee-Texas playoff to get to the World Series. Um, maybe not in the World Series because that can't happen, but I still think Texas takes the the right side. Um, I'm a ride with my boys, Mississippi State. Yeah, that's what we'll see that in the first round. <laughs> Um, I didn't realize so, how long – I've kind of forgot how long of a break they got, too. They have, what, four days off, five days off, including today, before their games start yeah. on the 19th. Yeah, they travel, and then on Which is Saturday nice. they, they need start. It. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Saturday they start. Uh, NC Stanford's a much better team than I initially had expected. Mm-hmm. Um, a, lot of, a lot of pop in the bats. Uh, Arizona's very good. I don't know that they're going to be – a, a good matchup for Vanderbilt, but it's going to be something that I'm excited to see Vandy play against a team with some, you know, with some decent caliber players on it. And I hate to be that guy, but their regional was Georgia Tech, uh, the Sycamores, Indiana, I think, or something. Mm-hmm. I don't even know. Uh, and then Presbyterian. So that's not really fair, if we're being honest. Uh, and then they played ECU in the regional, which I had ECU as an upset. You know, I got to pick an underdog every once in a while. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I think Vanderbilt's going to walk through a good bit of this. I think Arizona can put up a fight. I think Stanford's the best one in the left side to put up that fight. I'm still going to ride with Texas, but that Mississippi State-Texas game is going to be a huge first game. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the one I'm most excited for, if we're being honest, mm-hmm. just because the matchup there. Texas is the best – Top to bottom pitching, uh, under a two is a team ERA. A um, couple of guys that were under a one five ERA as starters, which is huge. Um, they got a couple of guys that are right behind Jack Leiter and Kumar in strikeouts. So very very good team oh, yeah. all in all, and they can stroke the baseball man. They're a great hitting team. Well, so I was just looking if, if I quit my job. And we splashed out $500 for a plane ticket. Tickets are $28 for individual games. And we can fly out to Omaha on Friday. Uh, uh, hey, <laughs> if you quit. We'd probably, have we'll to ditch, we'd probably have to ditch the Florida trip, though, if we spend that much money on plane tickets and everything. Yeah, hey, look, <laughs> I, I'll drive. We can save a lot of money on gas. It'll be a how far we drive? time for the first game if we left, like, now. It's probably if, six days. Nah, if we go Charlotte to Omaha. I'll say, I'm going to go five. You're going to go, go five days. Five, wait, five days of driving? It's yeah, not that far. It was only 32 hours to Idaho. 
So it's 17 hours and 25 minutes. Oh, I meant walking. I thought we were doing the walk thing again. Oh, that's what oh, we did last oh time. yeah. Yeah. If I would have walked from Charleston back up to Boone. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So hold um, on. We got to pull out the good old calculator real quick because it's not being easy on me. So 362 hours of walking that divided by 24. That'd be 15 days. Good Lord. <laughs> Jeez. But yeah, no, I, uh, I'll drive. Let's do it. 17 hours isn't terrible. We'll split that. Um, but I'm excited to see. I'm very, very excited. I'll be uh, able to see this from home. I'm going to go up, watch the Open, and yeah. some college baseball. I'm, I'm pumped. It's going to be a great weekend. And there's stuff oh, playoff yeah. basketball and hockey going on, too. Yeah, I forgot about the hockey, I'll be honest. <laughs> so, yeah. So that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll have an update on our picks of the week on Thursday because we still have some baseball series going on uh, that are still active yeah. right now. And I just said series, right? For the first time, like first I'm time so doing proud. it like ever, I think. I'm so proud. Didn't even you have didn't to have correct to stop myself. To think about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was thinking about it before I said it. I was like, all right, say it right this time. And it came out right. So, well, that's going to wrap up episode number 24. Um, this will be probably this will be coming out Tuesday night. Um, like I said, we recorded this Tuesday morning, and we'll have another episode out for you guys on either Thursday or Friday. And for Drew Hartman, I'm Stephen Biddix. We're clocking out, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs>